What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. And today we have Evan Knox with us here on the mic. I'm super stoked to have Evan here because, you know, as a fellow marketer, we're going to be really talking about what's working right now in the marketing industry. Evan's worked with what you said, eight companies now, or that he personally owns part of those companies. And so he's taking and leveraging his marketing skill to become an investor as well, which is really cool. So Evan, say what's up to everybody and tell us something about yourself that most people won't know. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so definitely worth with more than eight, but a partner <laughs> in eight. That's okay. I had to adjust the saying because I'm like, yeah, you've probably worked with well over eight companies. Yeah. This one. Okay, but you don't remember. I feel you. Um, so yeah, man, I'm excited to hang out and be here. Um, and yeah, it's been a blast being a partner in those companies and um, I look forward to our chat. Yeah, me too. So what's one thing about yourself that most people won't know? All right, I am a certified gemologist. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, right? So my dad and my granddad both worked in the jewelry industry and that's where I learned entrepreneurialism and I learned marketing from my grandfather at least to start as a foundation and yeah I mean part of that process is getting certified as a gemologist so that you can talk to people about you know hey the cut of this stone or the type of stone or whatever so yeah man I could look at somebody's diamond ring and probably give it a decent rating so <laughs> without being that that's fake that's fake <laughs> yeah no for real it's pretty it's pretty interesting you know it kind of ruins you because if somebody knows especially when i worked with my family somebody would come up and be like oh my gosh what do you think of my ring and i you know it's tough you know you just want to be oh it's great great I love it. it's so pretty you know it's cheap uh, great what <laughs> yeah awesome. super foggy no, just kidding no i wouldn't say that <laughs> and so do you spend a lot of uh or, or do you have like any businesses that are in the jewelry industry right now no i don't well no no i don't i i <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. It's just weird. It just brings back too many feelings. I feel like <laughs> it's, it's Six a feelings, both good and bad for sure. So I think for those who have worked in a family business, you experience like the gamut of stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe if, if the right partnership comes along, I'll consider it. <laughs> yeah. saying <laughs> you'll, you'll know what you're talking about in there too. That's no, really interesting, man. Well, hey, so let's let's hop in now to kind of your marketing strategy and what you guys are doing right now. I mean, you know, we're we're kind of in a weird time of life. Everybody's talking about overcoming the coronavirus and and you know, surviving these th these times. But I found that you know most successful companies right now it hasn't even touched right. I mean, for us, it actually increased our business because everybody's home. <laughs> um, and I don't know if that was the same way for you or not, but so let's talk a little bit about that and how things have been going for you on that end. Yeah, so I'll start with Caffeine Marketing, um, which is our my agency, and we make marketing profitable for small companies that are doing less than 50 million a year. Um, and for us, every proposal that we had out when the you know shutdown started to happen, all fell through, every single one of them. Um, I had two clients, they were our smallest clients, which you, know, you still love them and treat them like, you know, like family, I guess. Not quite like family, but you get a point. Yeah. Um, so it's sad to see him go, but I was like, oh, this is very interesting. We're about to go through a really weird time right now. And then about two, three weeks later, it uh, a couple other businesses, I feel like, realized, all right, you know, this is not going anywhere soon. Um, we still need to survive and thrive through this crisis. And everything picked right back up for caffeine marketing. I will say that we, I'm also a partner in a fly fishing company. And for us, we had a shelter in place. And this is not necessarily like a, 
um, a restaurant business, but um, we couldn't, we couldn't do any trips for, it was like a month, month and a half, something like that. And that was, um, as you can imagine, devastating to revenue. You know, you can only sell so many gift cards. Yeah. So that was interesting. Uh, and I've also got a couple of e-commerce companies that are not really being touched at all. You know, it's just, maybe there's some fluctuation like 10 to 15%, but we're also working on scaling those companies. So I don't know that we're feeling it um, just because we're also doing all the ads and sales funnels and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, so with caffeine marketing, you guys are coming in and essentially doing the whole scheme, right? You're doing the, uh, you know, the funnel, you're doing the sales, you're doing the, the marketing side of it. So, you know, talk a little bit through about what's been working really well. You know, obviously, you know, you and I both know this, every case is a little bit different, right? Yeah. So it's kind of those core things that we stick to, you know, Facebook ads or joint venture partnerships in our case, you know, like what's, what's kind of your thing that you stick to? So the thing that I feel like has worked before the pandemic and is still working and is really important is clarifying your message and having a message that actually connects with customers because you can waste a lot of money on marketing. And if you don't have the right messaging, people won't pay attention, especially if you're in the service-based industry. If you're in e-commerce, I'd say it matters, but it doesn't matter as much. But if you have a, if you offer a service or people just can't just add your product to a cart, uh, it's really important that you have clarity in your messaging as to what problem you solve. Um, what does success look like on the other side of working with you? What's at risk if they don't work with you? If you don't have that inside of a framework, which we use the story brand framework, I'm a story brand certified guide. Um, so I'm a kind of, I guess, partial to them. But yeah, if you don't have clear messaging, then you're going to be wasting money when we're at a time where there's so much uncertainty. I don't think we have the luxury of wasting money because our business is doing great right now, but we have we have no real idea what the effect of all this stuff is going to be, which doesn't mean we have to live in fear, but I do think we need to be cognizant of that and make the best use of our marketing. So I would say as far as messaging, that's probably number one. And then number two, I think, I mean, if you can, if you, depending on how you feel about whole, the whole Facebook and the politics there and all the stuff that's going on, maybe you want to boycott your brand with your brand. That's totally fine. Um, but if you don't, I, I feel like there's definitely an opportunity on Facebook right now because there's less competition. So if there's 10% of advertisers who are no longer advertising on Facebook for the time being, that means it's less expensive for the rest of us who right. choose not to boycott at this time. Um, so there's certainly an opportunity there when that platform was already, I mean, I felt like a great return depending on the type of company. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of the companies, so let's, let's kind of delve into that a little bit, you know, and a lot of the companies who listen to the show, they, um, you know, they're kind of more in the online space, right? So they're doing e-commerce or they're doing, you know, some sort of information sales, you know, what have you found to be kind of a more effective method using Facebook or, or using ads to, to generate traffic? Yeah. I mean, some of this stuff is um, kind of tried and true and, it might sound simple, but one of the clients that we've had had an 84 return, 84 times return on ad spend, which is just oh. absurd. I mean, I immediately was like, I have to start. Uh, I won't reveal it because I don't want to like give them a bunch of random competition. But for every dollar they spent, they were making $84 back. I've never had anything like that right. um, before. But it's using this super simple framework. So we often, if we're just starting Facebook ads for somebody, we'll do a retargeting campaign to start to leverage their existing traffic to continue to remind them they, that they exist and that they can solve somebody's problem with their product or service. And then the next thing that we'll do is we'll create a lookalike audience. And 
to some people, this might sound super simple, but for others, this might be incredibly complex and sound overwhelming. So <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, really, I mean, if you're not familiar with this, this, this can tell a lot. But for those who are into this, I would create a lookalike audience based off either customer data, so upload some sort of customer list, or I would do off website traffic. And if you didn't have that, you could do um, a lookalike based off your social profiles. So everybody who's engaged with you in the last 180 or 365 days. And I would say that's a great starting point and then re-optimize that campaign in the next 30 days. So say you spend $3,000 on top of the funnel ads that you're optimizing for landing page views or maybe you're optimizing for add to cart. Then once you've got all the people who've purchased from that campaign, then optimize it for purchases or even create a new lookalike audience on Facebook um, with a value-based audience, which means that you're telling Facebook, hey, here are our best paying customers, create people just like them. And you're able to scale from that. And a lot of our campaigns, we're doing like one to four lookalike audiences um, and they're scaling pretty well right now, which is great. Awesome. So I, I know like for us, you know, like, so we don't do a ton of ads for ours. We're kind of more in the joint venture space, but, but I do know that, you know, the Facebook ads that we have run in the past, the, the lookalike audiences and the retargeting were really all you wanted to do, right? I mean, just general targeting really doesn't yield much. It's more of who are the people who already are coming to our site and who are the people who are most likely to, to purchase from us. Yeah. And I was on a call um, with a Facebook representative or whatever their title is. And they were telling me that there was 2000 data points on um, each one of us that they have. And so when we say, Hey, Facebook, um, here are the thousand or 3000 customers that we've had in the last 90 days create people just like them, they know that better than we do. So they're able to create better, more intelligent lookalike audiences than what you're saying, general targeting, like, oh, I think these people would be interested in hunting or, you know, I'm whatever random hobby that they have. Baseball, we think oh, that's what, they love golf. Okay, well, Facebook is going to know that better than um, we are for sure. Right. I mean, and they, they know more of what we're going to buy than we do. <laughs> That's what's kind of scary about it, right? Oh, yeah. As a marketer, it makes you a conspiracy theorist sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. My, my wife, for the longest time, only used a private browser because she didn't want anybody tracking her. And she didn't want like all the retargeting ads. I like it because I want to be shown products that solve problems that I have, which sounds crazy. Um, but I genuinely, I'll just scroll through my feed. I won't even look at my friend's post. I'll just look at the ads. And like, I'm the same way. <laughs> right now, you know? It becomes research where you're like, wow, that's a cool ad. That one caught my attention. <laughs> yeah, I'll screenshot it. I'll be like, how do I do that for my next ad? So yeah, it's good. Do your own research. Look at the competition for sure. See it. And that's what I love about you know being in the marketing space. I, I think it, it kind of opens your eyes to and really, I guess your heart to accepting other people's sales messages, right? Because mm -hmm. when, when people are coming to you and saying, Hey, buy my stuff. Um, there's sometimes where I'm like, why on earth was this shown to me? And then I click on it. And I'm like, I totally want this thing, right? There's this one. So I have no reason to need a backpack, right? Have you seen those nomad backpacks recently? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness, man. So I, I don't really buy a lot of random crap. I'm really not like huge materialistic in that way. And <laughs> but they, they've been advertising that to me like crazy and finally I'm like, okay, what is this? I click on it and we bought one. It's just like the best. <laughs> oh, do you love it? Oh yeah. They're See? amazing. Solving problems for you. You didn't even right. know they had those problems. What like, was that? 
I said, you didn't even know that you had the problems that it like it solves for you. I'm looking at it right now. It's like carry on size, shoe compartment, TSA ready laptop sleeve. Right. And I'm like, I fly semi often, but not enough to be like, I really need this, you know, but it was just like one of those things that it just, it just fit the bill for me. Right. And Facebook knew that before I knew that. Yeah. Well, I wish I had this bag because I went to the Atlanta airport and I was already just barely going to make my flight. And I didn't pull my laptop out of my sleeve and put it in another one. Ended up, they had to search the entire bag and I was like, my flight had to buy a new flight. So I really wish I could have had this sleeve. That would have really solved some problems for me. Oh, geez. Yeah, well, there you go. You could give them a testimonial and be like, this is what happens when you don't have your product. <laughs> that's, it. that's what's at risk if you don't buy the product. But I will say, you mentioned, you know, really being open to other people's marketing messaging. I think that's really true. However, I'm definitely a critic these days because when I hear people say things like, um, we really know what we're doing. We've been around a long time. Um, or when they're really unclear marketing messaging, I have no, I, it just blows my mind. I'll listen to a radio commercial cause I've got an old truck that I drive and cause I don't have any, I don't have Bluetooth in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of therapeutic. One day I'm going to buy a Raptor, but you know, for the time being, the old truck is, is doing well. You're going so anyway, to be Disney Disney. Still driving a seventies truck. Or yeah. <laughs> I, that would be great. I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool, you know, to be that guy who, who has this old truck, you know, I don't know. Well, and you have the money, you don't have to flaunt it. That's what's cool. Yes. That's the not goal. like, Hey, I'm driving a Lambo. You know, that's what drives me crazy. You're like, and <laughs> Lambos are like some of the worst cars you'll ever drive. They're fast, but it's not a good car. <laughs> yeah, I know. So anyway, all that to be said, I listen to these messages and when I hear people talk about themselves and they're the hero of their own story, that makes me think that they're wasting money because people aren't looking for another hero. They're looking for a guide, someone to help them win the day. And the other side of that is if you don't clearly state what you offer, people are not going to, they're not going to read between the lines. Cute and clever does not work in marketing. It, it might work as like a, a fun tagline, but you're probably, I would say, I would venture to say you're probably wasting money on marketing. If anything you're saying is cute and clever, it should be very, very clear. You should talk specifically to what problem um, you solve. See, I love that. I was actually just uh, going through a course by Dan Kennedy just yesterday. Um, and if you're not familiar with Dan Kennedy, you should be. <laughs> I'm sure, Evan, you know all about him as a, as a good copywriter. But you know, he talks a lot about that, right? It's like, I mean, your customer needs to be the hero of the story, not you. Mm-hmm. And But people do want to see like these miracles, right? That's why we like seeing like the people who were born with no arms and legs becoming public speakers, right? But yeah it also kind of opens up in our mind this, this narrative saying, wow, like, you know, as the marketer, like, should I be doing that if I don't have any sort of, you know, handicap or something like that, that I could use to, to relate better to my audience. So I want to ask you this because we are coming up here on the time, but so, you know, with, when it comes to messaging, this is really kind of your biggest area of expertise. What, um, with the messaging, how, what's kind of like your number one tip you would give to people when they're doing their messaging? Cause you just talked about being a guide and everything, but what's, what's another tip that you would give people on that end? All right. So let's go over. We've said you need to be really clear. So you need to, you know, talk spe- plain English, like talk, like you're trying to explain to a fifth grader what your company does. Uh, I'm working with a, I, I don't know how to do We haven't done our messaging strategy. That's actually on Tuesday. So circle back with me on, I'll be able to explain what they do. But from my understanding, they do some sort of like payment security for banks. um, And they do some sort of analytics tracking to reconcile books. It sounds complex. 
hopefully we're going to simplify it. But they're having a problem because there's so many people that need their product, but they can't clearly explain it yet. And I mean, heck, even if I've been on the phone with them for an hour and I still hardly understand it, we know that we have a messaging problem that we need to solve. So first thing is you need to be clear. Second thing is you need to be the guide, not the hero. So you need to be the Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda in Star Wars or Haymitch in the Hunger Games. Like you've been there, you've done that, and you have authority to help guide the customer to win the day. So it's not all about you, it's about the hero, which is the customer. And then we've also talked about having painting a picture of success and failure. So letting them know what's at risk if they don't work with you and what they're going to gain by working with you. And I guess my last marketing insight here would be to paint a picture of aspirational success. So the reason why people buy Lambos is because they associate that uh, with a certain aspirational identity that they want. And so if you can make that very clear, um, I think you're going to get more sales. So an example that comes to mind, one of uh, our, I guess it's a partner. Um, I'm part of this like real estate uh, investment firm. And I'll, I'll say I'm going in on a deal with them. I'm not part of their actual partnership. There's that. So uh, we're in working together, we determined, hey, what the person wants when they're investing with this company, which is called Gateway Private Equity, they want to be a savvy investor. And so we use that language as an aspirational identity all throughout the website, all throughout the sales funnel and they're like the lead generating PDF because we want them to understand that, hey, you know what? I want to be a savvy investor. That's who I want to be. I want to be smart with my money and make the most of my finances. So it's all about painting that picture of aspirational identity. And that's why my favorite commercial lately has been this Ford Bronco commercial. I, I'm, I've never been a huge... Ford guy, didn't really care about the Bronco. I like cars, but not you know crazy about them. That Ford Bronco commercial you should watch after listening to this podcast. It's amazing because at one point during the commercial, it says you need someone or you need something that will look adventure in the eye and give it a firm handshake. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do need a car that gives adventure a firm handshake and looks it in the eye. I don't know. It's, they have incredible messaging of aspirational identity. It's like you were built for the wild. It's like, heck yeah, I am. As I'm <laughs> typing on my keyboard, you know? That's awesome. So you call that aspirational identity. I love that. That's a really cool concept, man. Well, thanks for sharing that with us because I, I think that's one of those things that a lot of us are looking for, right? We're looking for that. You know, what are, what are these simple frameworks that I can follow, especially when it comes to, to branding, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know we even struggle with that at this point, right? So we're, we're kind of trying to become more clear on our messaging of who, like what we do. People yeah. know who we are, they know our values, but they're like, okay, but what do you do, right? <laughs> and it's not the products we sell, it's, it's what we do. Yeah, I think a super practical exercise, I would typically say would be, go talk to somebody at Starbucks and give them, just show them the homepage of your website and see after five, and then close their website after five seconds and say, hey, can you explain what I do and how I make your life better? Most likely they can't. So that means that you have a messaging problem. Another great option, since you, know, you can't really go talk to people in Starbucks at this moment, um, right. would be to go find somebody who really doesn't know the details of your business and explain to them for 30 seconds. Just put a timer and try to explain your business to them for 30 seconds. And if you cannot explain it enough in that 30 seconds where they understand what they do, how to work with you and what, how their life is going to look better. Um, I think that you're missing out on a lot of sales. Yeah, that's awesome. So I think that's really interesting. Cause I know if they came to ours, they'd see our logo and be like, cool. What do you do? <laughs> yep, yep. No, that's awesome. 
See, and so that's honestly a test everybody should be doing. And I mean, you don't have to do it at Starbucks at this point, right? You should put it up on, I mean, say, hey, everybody, I'm going to test my website really quick. Put a picture of it up and say, what do we do? (laughs) You know? But I think LinkedIn bios are also a place where people um, just say cute and clever things, but I have no idea what they do. You know, I end up having to like hunt down their website and do a Google search for them to figure out how to work with them. And that's not good for their sales. If I have to work really hard to figure out how to work with them. Yeah. That's really awesome. I love that, man. Well, Hey, Evan, you know, before we sign off today, you know, I think you've given us a ton of really good stuff. I've already got a page of notes here. I'm probably going to go back and listen to this interview. So good work. (laughs) Um, so I want to ask you this. Um, first off, where can people connect with you? Uh, caffeine.marketing, not caffeine.com, caffeine.marketing or evanknox.com. Um, or you can always hit me up on Instagram at evanknox or evanbnox is my handle. Awesome. So if you guys ever need any help with your marketing, and especially in this case, Evan's very good at lining up your messaging, go and check him out. Um, and Evan, you know, before we sign off, can you give us one last final parting piece of guidance before we sign off? So there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. I feel like it would be really easy to feel overwhelmed. Uh, the question that I've been considering pretty much for the past year, and the answer is different for each person, is what matters 100 years from now? I feel like that answer could really vary on who you are and your background and your demographic stage of life. But for me, that answer is my faith and my family. And so I won't be here a hundred years from now, but um, how I treat my family does matter. Um, I don't do it. You know, I'm not perfect. And so I can always love my family better um, and my friends. And also my faith is important to me. So I always want to make sure that that's first and foremost in my life. And so if a proposal goes through or if it doesn't, or we get a new client or a new business, it really doesn't matter a hundred years from now when, you know, it's very settling. I feel like. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's perspective, right? And it's, it's the legacy you want to leave. And that's, I think that's what most entrepreneurs should be focusing on at this point instead of the, you know, what's going now. I I actually saw a study about this that kind of made me sad about our, our generation was, they asked them, if you had to choose between one of these, would you want to, you know, like leave a legacy, like to be remembered forever, or would you like to be famous in this life and be forgotten at the end of life? And it was like 75 plus percent of people said, I would rather be famous in this life. And I'm like, that is sad. That's really sad to me. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I wonder if it has to do with like YouTube and influencers and I don't know. I mean, I feel that. Like sometimes I think to myself, I'm like, I bet I could do a YouTube channel. And I'm like, I have no time. I have no time to do that. So, <laughs> I have eight other companies I've got to do. <laughs> yeah. No you time to start a YouTube that. channel. We all know that. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll have enough money to hire somebody to follow me around. But my wife says it wouldn't be that interesting. So uh, <laughs> You never know. Some people could make it interesting. Yeah, maybe. Just me sitting on my computer all day. Yeah, basically, that's my life as well. Well, Evan, I do appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me.